Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. My name is Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for December 21st, 2018. Today's topic is Turning Your Contact Center into a Profit Center by Leveraging Chat. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you can do it. Email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to be listened to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And now with that, I'd like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and happy holidays to everybody. Welcome back to Call Talk. Well, among the call center or contact center channels, chat has gotten a lot of attention lately. And uh, that's why we wanted to talk about turning your contact center into a profit center by leveraging chat. Uh, Live chat is growing in use, especially among millennial customers, and chat communications can be optimized using machine learning these days in order to improve engagement, reduce costs, and grow sales. So we brought an expert in on the topic for you, Tony Medrano. Welcome to the show, Tony. It's great to be here, Bruce. Thanks. Okay. Well, by by way of introduction for our listeners, Tony Medrano is the CEO of Rapport Boost, a chat analytics platform that uses machine learning to help agents optimize conversations with their customers. And uh, Tony's got a lot of experience. He received his MBA and JD from Stanford, his MA from Columbia, and BA from Harvard. So coast-to-coast academic credentials. Kudos to you, Tony. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, thanks, Bruce. You do. (laughs) Okay, thanks. So, Tony, in general, there, there are two ways to increase profitability for any contact center or any operation, either increase sales or cut costs. Do you have a preference? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really prefer to focus first on sales opportunities because there are often a lot of low-hanging fruit there and because sales is just more fun. <clears throat> Can't believe it or not, revenue growth is often underutilized as a potential driver of contact center profitability. Some contact center leaders believe that sales opportunities need to be sacrificed in order to provide the best customer service. Yeah, we don't see it that way. Well, that's good because you know I've seen that as well. That uh, there's some people who, uh, even at the managerial level, say we're customer service. uh, We don't want to do cross sales, up sales. We're uncomfortable with that. But when in fact you can actually be doing a wonderful service for customers by bringing to their attention things that make sense for them. So yeah, let me let please continue on with that. But I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Customers don't want to be sold to, but oftentimes they want to buy. They want to learn. There's some opportunities there, and agents don't need to be, be salesy. Um, you know, sales opportunities don't need to be sacrificed, right? If, if customers are listened to and guided through a more efficient journey, they're just more likely to buy. And, and leaders can use technology to uncover these opportunities without making their agents sound salesy or even know they're selling. Um, so this is often just unnoticed opportunity in a lot of contact centers. It, it excites mm-hmm. me to see opportunities like that, that, that where we can make a difference. 
But yeah, and working with multiple brands and different types of contact centers, our data science team discovered the outcomes of a very large percentage of chat conversations can actually be changed. <clears throat> Sales opportunities exist in normal conversations, but they need to be first identified and then two acted upon. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is the crux of conversational commerce that we hear about, but it applies not just to voice, but to chat as well. And this is where the machine learning comes in that you mentioned, Bruce. Machine learning can really help agents identify and act upon many of these subtle nuances in conversations that humans just um, don't have the time or the analytic capability to review millions of transcripts and look for for subtle nuances like that. This is a great Mm -hmm. task for machine learning. Right. Right, it does. And, and what have you found? Uh, do you have any statistics around uh, how this can actually help in terms of the uh, the sales process and success? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so what we found, and we have a, a team of data scientists and conversational scientists that um, analyzed millions of conversations and found that better chat conversations can drive changes in order size. 55% of the time and change a no-sale conversation that ends in a no-sale to one that ends in a sale 64% of the time. This was actual conversations between you know, real buyers and real brands. So, you know, this can deliver hundreds of thousands of dollars per year in increased sales per agent. That's uh, pretty uh, compelling. Those are pretty compelling statistics. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah big, big numbers, and uh, it's exciting. You don't um, need to have a big operation to be able to increase profitability when you look at it at that per agent level. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, Tony, what, what's driving an increase in innovation around Chad? What are the real drivers? Because we you know, see things that are hyped here and there, but what do you see is really driving that, and what trends are you seeing in the market that are driving the market? Yeah, a lot of trends are, are coming together um, right now. It's really the perfect storm of innovation in, in chat. Um, in uh, This year, uh, 2018, McKinsey um, issued a customer care report that highlighted four main drivers of these innovations in chat. And they were customer preferences, cost, technology, and agent training. And anyone who runs a contact center can say, yeah, those are things I, I worry about on a daily basis. And, and now those are opportunities for innovation. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you sort of drive down into each of those and give us some more uh, juice? Because uh, those obviously, as you say, are things that everybody is concerned about. But I'd be interested to hear what uh, McKinsey said with regard to those those drivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so changing customer preferences Generally, the Internet has made it easier for customers to defect and quickly choose Mm -hmm. another brand. They're absolutely less loyal and more impatient than ever. And some demographic groups, like you mentioned, you know, millennials, inherently prefer chat as a medium of communication. They're digital natives. They grew up, you know, texting and and chatting, uh, not using the phone as much. Contact centers need to evolve to meet the customers where the customers want to be where some percentages of those customers will just leave. They'll go elsewhere. They'll find a brand that uses the channel that they want to, to connect in. 
And in a hyper-competitive market like we have today, it's really risky to ignore a growing demographic. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, that, that's addition, a really, really important uh, demographic there. And I mean, I can't underline uh, what you're saying enough because I think of my own son uh, who's in the, that generation. And when he was a little bit younger, uh, in we were in scouts and uh, we were had a, a, a SUV full of scouts and he's in the front seat next to me and he's on his uh, you know iPhone and I said William why don't you communicate with the people who are in the car and he said Dad I am <laughs> and I said put the phone down turn around and talk but they don't so you know we as you say we have to be adaptive to them and uh, you know. Uh, make sure that the the means of communication that they feel most comfortable with, that they have grown up with, we're able to service them on. So that's a great point, Tony. Uh, please go on. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's, it's fun that those those examples everybody feels them. A lot of people have have children in that same circumstance, and it's our time to adapt to them because their buying power is growing. Millennials is a is a broad group, um, but there, there's also a couple trends there that in relation to customer preferences that aren't based on demographics. They're based a little more on use case. And you mentioned some of that in the car. That was a, a unique use case, maybe more, you know, demographic related. But um, mm-hmm. some use cases naturally favor certain types of engagement. You know, maybe your children wanted to communicate, but they didn't want you to hear what they were saying. <laughs> uh-huh. um, for for, for an example. Um, another, another use case is um, complex inquiries. So for complex inquiries, 38% of customers prefer to be connected to a live agent right away. It makes sense. Complex question and answer, you want to talk to somebody live that can help you. Um, Compared to only 16% that prefer live agents for routine inquiries. Not everybody Mm. needs a live agent all the time, and sometimes you just want an answer, and it's okay if it comes from a machine, an FAQ, uh, an email. But oftentimes, consumers engage with the brand while they're at work or in a quiet place, like a library, an office, or the backseat of a car, where a phone call might be difficult. You don't want others overhearing you, right? Um, And sometimes, synchronicity is paramount. This is a big, um, a growing trend. Synchronicity, that's a great word, uh, Tony. Tell us about synchronicity in this. Yeah, well, I think it was a police song back in the day. I'm not sure if that's police or sting, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what it refers to is really the timing of the conversation, the cadence. And this is so important. Customers or potential customers come to chat because they're expecting an immediate response. And they have an mm. opportunity, the agent has an opportunity to really engage them in a back and forth conversation instead of, uh, an email back and forth, which can take days. It can transmit more information for sure, but the cadence is different. There's no synchronicity there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, a real-time response is usually one of the driving factors on the consumer side that causes them to, uh, to use chat, to select chat. So contact center leaders, agents, brands as a whole need to realize that. Those are the customer expectations. They're not the same. Is, is in other, other channels. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in addition to that, right, these trends have increased, and the importance of responding right away to consume, uh, customer and prospective customer inquiries, it creates a lot more risk. Other brands mm-hmm. are out there 
innovating in these new channels so those that don't innovate, get the customers, are more likely to lose them. So yeah. customer preferences, as McKinsey stated, really the number Tony, one. I'm sorry, could I just interject here something about that that we've noticed uh, because we've been collecting data on uh, alternative channels for several years now, mm. and uh, that includes chat. And when chat first started, there were more simultaneous chats that you could do. Um, obviously, if you had the right agent taking care of it, because some agents are really good at multiple simultaneous chats, others are not so good at it. But for those who are good at it, they could do it. But the expectations of customers have changed over the last several years. And in the early times, people saw it a little bit closer to email, and they were willing to wait Mm -hmm. a little bit more for the chat person to come back to them. Now that's gone. (laughs) They They want, as you said, the synchronicity. Uh, particularly when they're talking on a commercial level to a company and not, you know, sending something off to their friend. Uh, and therefore, the number of simultaneous chats people, even good ones, are able to handle have, has gone down in terms of the stats. So anyway, just thought I'd yeah. toss that in. No, absolutely. That's what we see across the board, too, because customers are more, are more demanding. They expect a quicker yep. response, and they expect somebody who's really engaged in the chat. Otherwise, they'll just go to email. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that that really that bifurcation of what it means to be uh, of digital communication, right? Some some brands still bunch email, some chat platforms even bunch email and chat messages together in one channel, and we've seen this convenient for the technology provider or maybe the brand, but detrimental to the P and L and the agent mm-hmm. and the customer experience as well. So that's also you know, maybe skipping ahead a little bit, but one, if you want to increase profitability of your contact center, one tip, break apart the different channels, just like you mentioned, Bruce. So in relation to um, how many concurrent chats can be handled, and we see two to four is really the, the norm. And, you know, chat is a good lever there because chat agents can – uh, they have more variables and more options. So I'm like a phone agent, analog one-on-one conversation with one customer. Chat agent can handle two very well and maybe peak up to four or five and get them done. And, you know, if there's a rush, if a TV ad just came out and there's a flush of, of new visitors to your website, chat's a great medium to deflect phone calls too because it just has a little more elasticity of capacity and mm-hmm. that's super important to um, to the staffing models of contact centers so chat's really being used to that as a backstop for for um for contacts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in addition yeah, to the uh to, so in addition to the changing customer preferences in the mckinsey thing and the new opportunities for cost reduction which you've just talked about very well. Yeah, tell us more about the, uh, the, the McKinsey study. Yeah, you have two other main points. Um, one was technology, and just that it provides opportunities for increased leverage. And, and remember, tech, leverage works on the way up and on the way down. <laughs> it, can, you know, mm-hmm. it can confuse agents if not integrated properly or, or they're not trained on it properly, but also it can make things much more efficient. 
You know, we, mm-hmm. We've seen chat agents able to handle five or six conversations um, almost perfectly with technology by augmenting them with um, a lot of, you know, doing away with some of their manual and repetitive tasks, really, you know, supercharging those agents instead of mm-hmm. giving them dashboard overload and all kinds of knowledge bases and, and suggestions that are just really not tied together, right? So if you separate the wheat from the chaff and really have the mm-hmm. agents focused on, on what matters, technology helps. And, and right. then the, the fourth, you know, and most important uh, driver for McKinsey was agent training. And you can imagine agent training has always been important. But with all these new technologies, it's becoming even more important to have agents trained right. There's more at stake in chat conversations because customers will switch. They'll, they'll leave your brand for another at the drop of a hat, and agents have to do more. You know, there's mm-hmm. bots maybe helping them. There's a deeper knowledge base of technical answers. There's time pressures of spikes in numbers of chats. So the agents mm-hmm. really need to be on their toes. And we're, we're seeing that agent training is really rising as a, a, a topic of discussion in, in contact centers, um, as well as the strategic focus of a consulting agency like McKinsey. It says, hey, contact centers, agent training is going to be around forever, um, growing, and even a better lever. And, you mm. know, give you some examples. but Yeah. You know, Please do. I mean, I think uh, that it would be helpful for our listeners just to hear some uh, some thoughts and examples that you have from your own experience. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes agents are are worried about being replaced by technology, and you know mm-hmm. we've come in and helped uh, a lot of digital transformations in contact centers, and that's usually the first thing we get. Oh my gosh, you guys are here to you know replace us. And we're like, no, no, no. We're here to make things easier by teeing up what you need and and augmenting your intelligence and. And, you know, Jenny Craig is a great example, right? They're a brand that leveraged augmented intelligence to drive their context and their profitability. Instead of using bots to, say, replace agents or other, uh, other uses of the knowledge base that, that were less personal, what, what they wanted to do was more deeply engage their website visitors and their customers in better conversations about weight loss. And you can imagine weight loss is a sensitive emotional issue. Lots of different people, you know, come to food and, and, you know, diet food and weight loss providers uh, with a lot of interesting personal questions and stories and certain times in their lives. And having a good conversation in that situation was so key. And we were so excited to, to work with them because we realized right away those conversations are going to be rich and valuable. So we were mm-hmm. honored to be trusted by a, a great brand like Jenny Craig to help design their, their conversations. And, mm-hmm. you know, the agents, after the first couple days, they realized, oh, okay, you guys are, are here to help. You're not building a robot to replace me. Um, we, we helped tell them what was important in their conversations. Mm-hmm. They implemented it. And, it's led to a 67% year-over-year increase in contact center revenue, generally the same number of agents and website traffic, just better conversations. So the message That's there is that, yeah, yeah no, we're, ahead, we're, we're excited. Oh, well, agent training matters. 
that's where you can drive profitability. If you're a contact center leader out there, you think about all these other either financial or cost drivers. You know, if you have better agents having better conversations, it, it's a virtuous cycle. Not only do you get more sales, but you get higher retention, you get more employee satisfaction, and that, that leads to a, a lot of good, a great contact center culture. And then the top-line revenue growth is something that the CFO and CEO always love. You know, 67% year-over-year is um, people take notice when it's that kind of transformation. That's what they're hoping to buy when they buy digital transformation at the CFO level. You know, one of the things that uh, occurs to me, too, here, Tony, is that, uh, you know, in an area such as weight loss, as you said, it's a sensitive area, an emotional issue, uh, very intimate for the person who's who's talking. And in some cases, obviously, you're going to have people who want the voice contact. You're going to have other people who prefer not to have the voice contact or have face-to-face. You know, they don't want face-to-face mm-hmm. even, right, to begin with. Obviously, then they move toward a trust position, and, and that becomes okay. But to start with, you know, there's some who will say, no, I don't want the face-to-face. Uh, some of those will say, I don't even want the voice-to-voice. I'd like to be able to sort yeah. of explore this uh, through chat, which is one more step removed. And if, on the other hand, the chat conversation, as you said, uh, displays the sensitivity, the, uh, you know, emotional understanding uh, that's necessary, then you can move them to the point, you know, where you can have the voice-to-voice or face-to-face or whatever it is that uh, that you're looking for. And I, I can see this being important in areas like, um, uh, you know, weight loss and in terms of some financial products, you know, where people are reticent yeah. to be talking a whole lot about their financial situation, uh, some mm-hmm. certain health situations or uh, gyms, uh, you know, for exercise and that sort of thing. So I think that's a really interesting concept. And, and boy, that stat about 67% increase year over year in uh, contact center, center revenue really hits people between the eyes. Wow, that's something. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Can I can I ask you another question too? Because uh, the time is going along here, so we've got I think more to cover. Well, what other changes in customer preferences are you finding are creating opportunities for contact center innovation and profitability? Yeah, um, you know, customers' expectations are are through the roof and accelerating, and they're expecting faster responses in general. Right? They're they're more impatient. I mentioned that that earlier. Um, and, you know, there's a 2018 Forrester report um, that mentions email as still the most common channel for customer support. But in a related survey, 41% of customers preferred live chat compared to only 23% who preferred email. So mm-hmm. email's out there, but customers want a little more chat. Um, mm-hmm. And they want it because the response time is on average 47 seconds. Email, it's a couple hours. And instead of viewing this customer, you know, consumer impatience as decreasing um, and their, uh, their lack of loyalty as, as obstacles, contact center leaders are looking at it and seeing opportunities. So these are the opportunities that are being created by change, right? Um, specifically, you know, if customers can be quickly engaged in an efficient conversation, one that has a high emotional component, a lot of EQ, rapport building and trust building and their needs can can be addressed 
they're just more likely to buy. So fast, skilled agents are acquiring customers from their competitors at a much higher rate. And this is just fueling mm. even more competition among contact centers. Slower, less skilled agents with less information at their fingertips are losing customers faster. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let me t- take a step back and ask a, a higher level question. You know, why is chat different than voice or email as a channel of communication with customers? And you know, why should contact centers use different metrics for each channel? Yeah, yeah. You know, often experienced and you know great contact center leaders uh, sometimes overlook the the differences in the languages of voice, email, and chat. You know, they grew up, spent 30 years of their career managing a call center. And we've just seen lately that, that term being revised to, to be a contact center for that specific reason. But there are, there are a couple powerful nuances in the language that's used. Um, I'll step back first and say, oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, so we, we see at the, at the highest management level of, of contact centers that their metrics can be updated in two key areas. The first is to focus on value type of metrics, like customer lifetime value or renewal rate. A lot of legacy contact centers still focus on generic time-oriented metrics, like handle time. And these really are related to their origins in a, a voice-only world, where in a digital world, that element of time matters less. Value, finance matters a little more. So in order to have agents align with senior leadership, agents should be measured by what matters most to the business. And that usually makes the C-suite pretty happy and also in examples like Jenny Craig, it's a way to motivate their agents. When, when agents understand the why of what they're doing, they just get more engaged. They ask smart questions. They, they're more excited. They do things faster. They get, you know, get a little extra 10% out of them when, when people understand the why. And, yeah, the, the, the second key area where metrics can be updated is to match the metrics with the channel. And I mentioned this you know, before in, in, a, in a few examples. But the response time is drastically, you know, customer expectations for response time are drastically different in chat, 47 seconds, than in email, a few hours. In voice, there's, there's tone. There's a lot of other things that can be measured, like volume. In chat, other things are more important. It's harder to, to have, create an emotional bond in a chat conversation, and the cadence is a lot quicker, back and forth needed to be measured much more than, than an email. So since all of those elements of the conversations are different, they need to be measured differently and not grouped together. One software company that, that we worked with was grouping email and chat conversations together, looking at them in, in the same, uh, with the same metrics. Once we peeled them apart, they realized, oh my gosh, they were masking both the successes and the failures. They were able to immediately make some changes. You know, respond to chats fast. Uh, make email, you know, use complete sentences in emails, but don't worry about it in chat. And their metrics just shot through the roof overnight. It was really fantastic to see those, those type of changes. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, with metrics that you have to keep in mind, too, is there's the metrics that can be compared with others and metrics that you can just follow internally, you know, uh, uh, month after month, week after week, whatever it happens to be. And uh, the thing about those where you're comparing yourself to others is it has to be apples to apples. And if the, uh, you know, way to measure things is not uh, uniform, then it's better not to do it because you'll end up probably making the wrong decision. So, for instance, you mentioned tone as a metric. That's not usually considered a metric uh, for uh, comparison from one company to the next because you don't have that kind of, uh, yeah. you know, you, you don't have a, a peer group that you can you can go against. So I think it's important, uh, for instance, those time-based metrics, those are very important for things like uh, comparing yourself to others. Uh, you know, what is your average speed of answer, your average handle time, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but mm -hmm. for purposes of internal improvement, then you can compare yourself to yourself uh, month to month. Over time, you know, we're always at the leading edge of this, uh, looking for things that are becoming sufficiently standardized so that you can get a statistically valid view uh, among centers so that you can come up with industry averages and then do the comparison. But, yeah, those are really mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. important things. Yeah. So l let me ask you this, too, because we are sort of running uh, low on time, but there's so much here, Tony, really. You've, you've got so much great content. Uh, wh what do you mean by perfect their conversational metrics? Because you mentioned that, that you want to perfect conversational metrics in the um, the chat area and why is why is this important? Yeah, yeah, no, great, great question, great question. It really it dovetails well with your your internal metrics. So conversational metrics, we refer to them as those are the internal metrics that a, a brand can use to um, highlight what matters in their conversations. And different things matter to different brands. Um, one of the benefits of chat conversations is that they can be mined for trends with, you know, machine learning and AI and then perfect it. So, you know, you mentioned EQ earlier as well. That's a, there's a lot of conversational metrics related to that that are driving chat performance and sales performance, and the brands don't even, even know it. And let me give a, a couple examples. Um, so, yes, yeah, certain elements of chat conversations are more important than others. And humans often guess wrong because chat is new and they're using their experience on, on voice to guess what should be right with chat. Um, by analyzing chat conversations of Jenny Craig, we found that the level of formality that they were using in chat conversations was a huge driver of chat sales. And Jenny Craig's agents specifically believe that being less formal in chat would be a good way to engage millennials. And everybody's looking for a way to engage millennials, and, and a lot of us are confused, right, because they're different. They're, they're texting each other in the back of cars. How, how, do, how, do, we, how do we figure that out? Um, yeah. But, you know, it makes sense to be less formal uh, in chat communications if you want to connect to millennials, right? Uh, Jenny Craig's leadership was, was unsure. They didn't want agents to be using a lot of LOLs, contractions, and smiley faces. They didn't think it was right for their 40-year-old brand. There was a, a stalemate and some confusion. So we mined the, the data and, you know, of their chat conversations, thousands of messages, and discovered that chat conversations for Jenny Craig were super formal already, and that if they became even more formal 
that they would close more sales. Their customer expectations were for increased formality in their conversations. M more hmm. rapport, more empathy, and more formality. So a different con uh, a combination of emotional attributes in the, in the conversation. It, rightfully, nobody uh, had the technology or the, the thought to, to look that deeply in the conversations. But those were some of the, the key drivers. And, and so, you know, a unique conversational recipe was designed for, for specifically for their brand. And, and that was based on their conversational metrics that mattered to them. What's the right level of empathy? You know, too much is, is cheesy. Too little sounds just like you don't care. And those things are, are fascinating for our, our data science team to analyze. But then to roll them out with brands, it really helps their, their brand identity and their revenue. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, really interesting. I love the the phrase too, chat conversation recipe. When you're talking about Jenny Craig, I think this is just really good. <laughs> that is just fabulous. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Well, you know, so it sounds like there's a lot of science to chat conversations uh, these days. Or at least you're bringing that to it, Tony. Talk about that a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. D data science is really powerful, and it, it, science can be used to analyze and design conversations, and especially in chat because it's it's new. Uh, there's a lot of desire, you know, for for chat to be used more, but there's a lot of confusion about how to do it right. So, um, you know, the elements of digital conversations can be dissected and optimized easier than, than voice. So think of a chat conversation as like a landing page or an email message, a real time between two parties. We've always optimized and analyzed landing pages and email messages. And you can use the same techniques, although they have a lot more variables, um, to analyze conversations. And the customer journey through a chat conversation can be mapped objectively and quantitatively and better results, not just better sales results, but happiness on each side, a more pleasant conversation. And then agents can be trained using this science, these scientific results. It makes them happier, more motivated. They feel smarter. They're getting, you know, um, increasing their conversational skills. And the coaching is based on what really drives the chat outcomes, not the personal English teacher-like preferences of their manager, right? The, the manager may hate exclamation points, but we've seen some brands that we've recommended, you know, use a little more exclamation points and some, you know, some LOLs and, and all caps. <laughs> That'll help sales. Yeah. And they go, really? We, absolutely it will. And then for others, we, we tell them exactly the opposite because that's what the science says is that, you know, for your brand, don't be yeah. quite so young and happy sounding. <laughs> be a little Interesting. Mature. Interesting. Okay, so there's somewhere they might say, okay, use the subjunctive tense and uh, don't split your infinitives, right? <laughs> and in other cases, not. Obviously, I, I, I'm taking it to an extreme, but that's really, really interesting. Uh, well, well, let me yeah. ask you, okay, so how does the use of augmented intelligence transform the contact center culture? Let's let's go to that, because you were sort of talking about that a little bit, but uh, we're running a little low on time, and I'd be interested to hear your yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah, culture is everything. You know, people drive the culture, and for us, you know, helping people be more successful at their jobs, just it motivates us every day, and then, then those brand ambassadors, they translate that 
that general satisfaction to their customers, and, and it's a, a wonderful virtuous cycle. You know, the, the best contact center cultures we've seen, because we, we, we see many, um, are those that involve agents in the business outcomes. You know, Jenny Craig being a good example. Those agents, there are scoreboards and stack rankings all over. They, they know what a sale means. They understand they're, they're providing, you know, great value to their customers. They're motivated by it. And, you know, they're, their senior management CEO stops by the contact center all, all the time. So there are great avenues for career growth. And they're really um, they're based on helping people. And these conversational metrics really, you know, they, they help form a foundation for that. Better conversations make for better brand ambassadors. And that gets the, the CMO excited about, you know, sending traffic that will get, that will end up being a visitor talking to a, a chat agent because they know the agents, they know they're happy and they, they can trust that culture. It makes hiring, you know, retention, all, all those kind of, of metrics grow up. So, go up. So people are, are generally getting a lot of secondary and tertiary benefits from just creating a culture that helps people and is focused on the business outcomes, not just average handle time, for example. Right. Right. Okay. And in this whole uh, sort of universe, uh, what about the position of chat bots? Uh, tell us about that and your thoughts on, on chat bots. Yeah. I mean, chat bots have been, you know, all the rage and then, you know, uh, exactly the opposite six months later. <laughs> but the reality is somewhere in between. Uh, chat bots are great in certain situations and just terrible in others. And it's really important for contact center leaders to, to understand so they can move quickly through the chatbot landscape and uh, start investigating solutions that work for their brand and, and not, not waste time on, on others. But, um, you know, as, as you all know, a lot of contact center agents are burdened with simple repetitive tasks like resetting passwords, checking balances, and, you know, basic questions. Not only does this take time, but it bores the agent. The agents don't like it, and, you know, it increases churn rate. Great, great use case for a chatbot, those simple repetitive functions. Um, mm. You know, uh, the customer service chatbot is also, it's unique. And this is something that is not explained well in the media. The customer service chatbot, the purpose is not to sound human or make small talk. It's not really to chat. It's to efficiently lead customers to knowledge. Customer service chatbots, don't need to learn how to actually chat with a sophisticated level of comprehension. They just need to make the customer inquiry process more efficient. So helping guide um, self-discovery uh, through a knowledge base is a great use for a chatbot. Using chatbots in a sales situation, totally different. Trust is required. The goal of a sales opportunity is mutual agreement, not simple discovery. So it's um, it's difficult for for a human you know potential customer to build rapport or trust with a chatbot you know in a sales scenario when there's there's money at stake. Right. Okay. Listen, these are great insights, and we've run to the end of our time at this point. But uh, Tony, I really appreciate your sharing your insights and your experience with us. Uh, just some really, really great uh, thoughts. Is there any final thing that you wanted to say uh, before we hand things back over to Alan for the wrap-up? 
No, it's been great. I, I love your questions and your experience. Your show is, is wonderful. So I'm looking forward to, to follow up questions from the audience and we'll be here to help uh, anyone uh, guide them through this uh, transformation of their contact center. Okay. Well, very good. As I say, we've kind of run to the end of our time. Anybody who has questions uh, for Tony and can't find him uh, directly, please get in contact with us and we'll make sure that you get in touch with him. So Tony, thank you so much. Uh, really great show. I appreciate your, uh, your insights, as I said. And with that, we'll hand things over to, I mean, we could be here talking about it all day. We, we've gone, gone later than most shows do. So that's uh, really good, good, good information. So with that, I'll hand things back over to Alan and uh, he can wrap up the show. Yeah. Thanks Bruce. Thanks again to Tony and Bruce Belfiore for a great discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over nine seasons of this show. From all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockotter signing out. Have a great day.